and from each other, from the kind expressions of family and friends who've gathered together today. We remember and thank God for a wonderful man whose faith in the Lord was strong, whose love for his wife and family was obvious, and whose friendship was endearing. He was steadfast. We remember his life today with fondness, with thanksgiving, for having known a delightful man. Today, let's begin first with a reminder from God's word. And the psalmist says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Even though our hearts are heavy today, the Lord is near us. Where two or three gather his name, there he is in the midst. This morning, we want to begin our time of remembering and celebrating the life of Guy Weaver with a couple of worship songs. And they're songs that Guy really liked. Um, and so I'm going to ask Marie and Maddie and I don't know, no, Sage, not yet. Sage will be later to come. And we're going to have a couple of songs and it'll take us just a second to, to get ready here. But I invite you to stand and, and worship with us. Um, Guy loved his Lord. And the very last days they spent, Rebecca and Guy spent so much time together holding hands and just listening to worship songs. And we want to begin this by inviting him and celebrating the Lord before we honor and Guy. Heavenly Fathers, we have this time of worship. We just thank you for your blessing and upon every part of this service. God, we thank you for Guy's life. And as we celebrate today and remember him, we pray that your presence is here to all the hurting and broken heart. Amen.
Thank you for your love upon us. God, the love that drew Guy to yourself, that caused him to surrender his life and give it to you. God, we thank you today for allowing us each to know Guy and to have him touch our lives. And we thank you that he is today with you in paradise. God, someday we will rise with him to be with you until that day God watch over us I pray a special prayer of comfort on the family right now in Jesus name amen you may all be seated
privilege to be here. Guy Weaver, beloved son, husband, father, grandfather. Guy was born May 20th, 1943 in Glendale, California to his adoring parents, George and Edna Weaver, and passed away peacefully in his home in Sugarloaf, California, attended by Rebecca, his wife of 33 years. He had just celebrated his 79th birthday. Guy grew up in Glendale where he played football with great enthusiasm. He went on to play for Redlands University where he graduated with a degree in civil engineering. He worked as an engineer for several years until he opened a precision sheet metal business that he sold in early 1989. Guy then went on to become a general contractor and worked in the building and remodeling industry until retirement. Throughout high school and college, Guy dated Janice Partridge. And they married once they graduated, settling in Chatsworth, California, until they parted in 1978. They had two children, Marcy Lynn, 1968, and Gregory Morgan, 1970. Those children were the delight of his life, frequently going water skiing on the Colorado River and snow skiing to their second home in Mammoth Lakes. Guy grew up fishing, biking, hiking, and skiing in Mammoth, so he loved taking family and friends there to share in his passions. In May 1988, Guy met and fell in love with Rebecca Graham at the First Baptist Church in Van Nuys. They were married June 4, 1989, in an outdoor chapel in Mammoth Lakes, attended by their family and a few close friends. He became an instant dad to Rebecca's three young children, Jamie Rebecca, Marie Genevieve, and Aaron Jay. The family lived in Woodland Hills and later bought a badly earthquake-damaged house in Granada Hills where they lived while restoring the property. Guy was a successful general contractor, always loving a challenge. Guy and Rebecca worked together on many of his projects, always having a good time together. His kitchen and bathroom remodels were especially remarkable. Guy and the family were very involved in ministry at Church on the Way in Van Nuys and later at the dwelling place in Lakeview Terrace. Once Guy completed the projects on the house in Granada Hills, he had to move on to bigger and better things, so he bought a lot in Big Bear Lake, California. Guy and Rebecca designed a 6,000-square-foot log home, and in 2003, with all the children grown and on their own, they moved to Big Bear Lake to begin construction. It was Guy's crowning achievement in construction. He was truly in his element. Those who knew Guy Loved the gentle man that he was. He was always willing to help others. Those who worked for him knew him to be kind and fair, always paying a man his fair wages on time. He will be missed by his family and his friends and those who worked with him and for him. Guy had many victories and many challenges in his life, but he faced them all with strength and courage, including his final battle with dementia. He took a fall while out for dinner on his 79th birthday, and that sent him into a downward spiral and landed him in the hospital and skilled nursing facility for 42 days. Rebecca was able to bring him home for the last two weeks of his life, 
For his last eight days, they had the help of Big Bear Hospice. Greg and Marie saw him two days before he passed. Guy's eyes lit up when he saw his son. Guy and Rebecca's last days were as sweet as their first as they spent time holding hands until Guy met his Savior on July 16, 2022. Guy was survived by his wife, Rebecca Weaver, his son, Gregory Weaver, his daughters, Jamie Neese and Marie Campbell, his son, Aaron Peterson, grandchildren, Madison Frazier, Sage Weaver, Brittany Neese, Jacob Neese, Star Tucker Campbell, Dominique Tucker Campbell, Jaden Campbell, Kayliana Campbell, Leighton Campbell, Maylani Campbell, and Christian Peterson. Did I do it right? I actually did? Okay. I got help. He was preceded in death by his father, George E. Weaver, his mother, Edna Griffith Weaver, his daughter, Marcy Weaver, and his aunt, Charlotte Bell. the most comforting words of scripture I know is the psalm that we hear read at most funerals. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil. My cup <coughs> runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Those, those words should bring us each comfort in our own lives and comfort knowing that Guy is sitting at the table with the Lord. He will from this day forward always dwell in the house of the Lord. And he's looking good. Eternal body, <coughs> eternally with the Lord, not plagued with any difficulties, physically, mentally, emotionally. This morning, for the next <coughs> couple of hours, and some of you just got paranoid by saying a couple of hours, we'll only be together in this room for maybe an hour total. But for the next couple hours, we're going to share our thoughts and memories of a friend, of a grandpa, of a dad, of a husband. We're going to share those thoughts here during this service and, and also during lunch afterwards. 
The goal, my goal today is, is if you would, we want to paint a painting of the life of Guy Weaver. That's why these are called celebrations of life and memorial. We want to remember who Guy was. So we could, and there's a great picture of him there, but we will paint another picture just below that, if you will, on this blank wall, on this blank canvas. Each person will have an opportunity to share a story, something they knew of Guy. Each of those brush strokes added together will, will be a picture of who Guy was. <coughs> I'm looking forward to hearing the stories of people who knew Guy from different eras and different places because they will bring uh, a story or an anecdote or something that we'll giggle at or cry at or whatever, and we will understand a little bit more who Guy was. As you share a memory, a story, something you experienced together, how impacted you. We'll put those brush strokes together when we leave, and it will be forever on Facebook. So we'll have these memories to take with us. The first thing we, I want to do or the, is to invite family members who have a story or a thought to share. We're going to let the family go first. Then after that, we're going to invite some of the family to come and do a special. And then we're going to open up for other people, open sharing. But is there any family members, the brave one who goes first? Because it's always hardest to go first. Okay, there she is. <laughs> You're the brave one. Hi, um, Papa Guy, as I knew him, was my grandpa. I loved him very dearly. Um, one of my favorite things about him is he always had his standard uniform, flannel, jeans, work boots. <laughs> um, he was just, every time I saw him, it just, he, I would see him and his face would light up and he would just be very excited to see everybody and he just always gave me the warmest of hugs. Um, he was my papa guy. He was very special to me. Um, I have a poem that my mom helped me find. Um, so that's what I'd like to read. Uh, it's called God's Garden. God looked around his garden and found an empty place. And then he looked down upon earth and he saw your tired face. He put his arms around you and he lifted you to rest. God's garden must be beautiful. He always takes the best. He saw the road was getting rough and the hills were hard to climb. So he closed your weary eyelids and whispered, peace be thine. It broke our hearts to lose you, but you didn't go alone. For part of us went with you the day God called you home. Um, I love Papa Guy very much and I miss him a lot. don't have to come forward. We can bring the mic to you if that helps. I know there's more. And I will just look at each one of you until you come forward. 
I have many wonderful memories of Guy. Um, our relationship started with um, doing all kinds of fun things like um, planting flower beds and uh, shoveling dirt and <laughs> painting and doing just doing things together. Our, our big thing that I remember that we did together was um, we went sailing in, at, down at Marina del Rey one time, and it was the most beautiful afternoon ever. And I'd never done anything like that before, so it was really special to do that with him. But he, um, he brought a picnic lunch to me one day when I was on, I was going to have a lunch break at work. And he put together a lunch and took me to the park, and we just sat there and had lunch together. And I just thought it was the sweetest thing that, um, that a guy could do. And um, he, was, he was a very athletic man. The first, the actual, the first thing that we did together was play racquetball, because we both were racquetball players. And um, we loved going to Mammoth and hiking and uh, riding our bikes around the lake and snow skiing. And our trips to the, to the lake or to the river, I should say, water skiing with the kids was just such a blast. Packing eight people into a van <laughs> and driving that long drive. And uh, I would uh, usually put together a, some kind of a, um, yeah, <laughs> scud bars, there, but a casserole, thank you. I, and, and we would eat in the, in the van and just keep going, and um, we slept on banana chairs outside in the heat at the river, which I thought was kind of <laughs> unique, <laughs> but you know, you go with the flow. And um, we just had such a good time. I, I, I remember that boat, we still have the boat. Um, it's for sale. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I remember riding, it, Guy was such a fantastic water skier, as is Greg. And he, um, but Greg would drive when Guy was water skiing. And he, I mean, he would cut way across the river. And I would think, my gosh, he's going to hit the land one of these times. And I would spend the whole time. And the end, he's Greg is driving like a maniac. He's going so fast. I am sitting in the boat praying the whole time because I'm just so nervous he might get hurt and I'm sure that's the last thing on the guy's mind because that's what they do they drive the boat for each other and they just have it was just a delight watching them water ski but um and then they put up with the rest of us in our pathetic attempts to water ski but um he was a he was a very active man and he was in some ways, he was a visionary. I hope that's not too grand a, uh, a term to use, but he could design projects for people with such imagination and, and then make them come to be. And I sometimes got to sit with him at the, you know, in the planning phase and give him ideas, and he'd always give me credit for, you know, 
inspiring him and just coming up with such great ideas. But you know, he was the mastermind. And uh, it was just, it was really fun to be on projects with him and work with him and, and see how his work um, took, uh, took form. And he was always so kind to people. And he often um, did work for people without a, without a charge. In fact, I, I got an email from somebody that was um, a good friend of ours that um, he had several times um, just done work for them out of the goodness of their heart. They, they needed the help, and um, things were tight. And, and he was so gracious about it. And I, I just admire him for that. Um, I loved his heart. He had a beautiful heart. And um, I, I hope I'm not getting too long. Can I say a couple more things? Okay, I, I guess. I, okay. I, you know what? I, I just wanted to say a word of encouragement to anybody that's in a marriage that is struggling. If, if you're feeling like, this is just too hard. This, you know, I deserve better. I, I, life would be so much better if I, did, if I wasn't stuck in this marriage. Because every marriage has hard times. And it's how we handle those hard times. Do we stay the course or do we toss in the towel and move, move on to what we think are better things? And um, there was a point in our life when I thought, oh, this, this is just too hard. This is just too hard. And I sought the advice of a friend, and she really encouraged me to seek the Lord, look in the scriptures, really see if that was what God was intending. And I think that soul searching and that real pursuit of what God's will is is so crucial, and it, it completely changed my heart in the course of a week. And I so firmly became committed to my marriage that it was to be till death do us part. And um, even though things were rocky sometimes, and you know, sometimes we didn't get along, but there were also the wonderful times when life was so sweet. I remember our kids saying, you've got to stop kissing at the table. <laughs> and, and when guys started to go downhill with the dementia, um, you know, li life got pretty challenging. And he wasn't always nice. But, you know, I prayed and I asked God if he would just give me a new, fresh love for guys. And just fill my heart with such compassion for him that I could do whatever I needed to do for him and do it with a, a love from the Lord. And God really answered my prayer m in a much bigger way than I 
imagined he could because he became my sweetheart again. And, it, you know, he became my boyfriend. And, and um, we just had such sweet days. And I have so many times thought, Lord, what if I had left? What if I had given up? I would have missed those wonderful times. I would have missed the blessing and the joy of caring for Guy until he met Jesus at the end of his life. That time with him was so, so precious. And I just want to encourage those of you who are married to just keep God at the center. Keep him first in your life. And God will provide everything you need. He will renew your love. He will refresh your love. He will keep your love strong, but you have to ask him. And then he will give it to you. We're going to have some more sharing, but I think this would be a great time to come and do the special. I'm going to ask the ladies to come. feel like I've been holding my breath this whole time. <laughs> I, I think I'll go ahead and just share real quick since I'm here. <laughs> um, I, I, so many memories like flood your head when you hear other people's thoughts and hear what they're saying. And one thing that came to mind as I was just sitting there, I remember as a little girl, I was eight years old when my parent, um, when my mom got married and I remember them praying with us at night and um, I'm like wow I forgot all about this and he he would pray this these this verse he would say the um, I think it's in numbers I just took a picture of it real quick um, the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace and I just remember him, like just those little those are the kinds of seeds that he like sowed that like I kind of like forgot about some of the times along the way, but then I would hear it again and I I would it would it's like a part of me you know like that's like that's so true that's like um, such a such a blessing that he you know s said those words over us you know and stuff like that, um, and um, he we we went to church so much. <laughs> I did not realize that was not like what everyone does, like every Sunday, every Wednesday. And it was like a part of like a part of us um, just it, it taught me what he valued, you know, and it um, there was like ups and downs. And sometimes like it was like not simple, like <laughs> our life, but like there was always that common ground that we came to, which was the Lord's the Lord's presence and the Lord um, just the the love and kindness and you know it would help it helped us like melt together and be like a family to each other in hard times I think um and so 
I remember that. He, I caught my first fish with him. I still don't like touching fish or <laughs> eating fish that much, but he taught me how to do it, and it like gives you a sense of confidence. You know, I could do that if I needed to. <laughs> um, and I know that, that he taught all of us to do, all the kids kind of were like, that was his thing. Um, and, um, yeah, and there... Uh, he, <laughs> when I got my license, he he would like not want my mom to give directions because he he thought we could just figure it out ourselves. And he was very big on us being independent, you know. And I, I you know, I was like, I kind of was like, you know, you squint your eyes, but you know, there was things that I it gave me confidence, like I can figure this out, like, you know, kind of that small voice in your head, and that, you know, was part of his contribution, like. You'll figure it out. <laughs> so sometimes that could be a little bit much, but um, <laughs> we found a balance. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's things that like, and especially as I grow as a parent and stuff like that, and I realize and appreciate like how much like he did give to us. It was like sometimes felt more subtle because like, you know, he was just there, you know, and very quiet about it. But I mean, there was a lot that he took on, you know, and, and we grew, grew up and now that I look, look back on his life it's like I really appreciate and value um just all the things that he gave to me both in teaching me and just providing and you know and um so um yeah now I'm gonna cry now I'm gonna say no <laughs> but um so yeah I just I'm just really thankful um and I I'm just really trying to like focus on all the things that I can draw from his life you know the things that um, he taught, which he was very steadfast and very, um, very faithful. He had a definitely like a servant heart. Um, you know, he, he was, he was just faithfully there. So, um, I, I really appreciate that about him, but, um, and he did like his song. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and get started. Is there anything else? Okay. <laughs> With that, okay. You call me out upon the waters, the great unknown, where feet may fail, and there. Find you in the mystery in oceans deep. My faith will stand, and I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves when oceans rise. My Feet may fail and 
Okay. Let's start with you. Have some stories that we want to hear. And I, I know there's a couple out there. Guy and I met in 1961, before most of you were born. <laughs> At the University of Redlands. We were freshmen together, and we were both on the football team. We played football together for three years. We were also roommates that freshman year and again in the fall of 1964, which was the semester before I got married then, in January of that year. So we played three years of football together. We were guards and linebackers. We weren't very big. We had more hair. <laughs> and we weighed around 180 pounds. 80 pounds more than I weigh now. Okay, no. <laughs> That's a lie. Um, our senior year in the fall, we just decided not to play. We had other things going. And when football practice started, which was usually in August, I believe, um, Guy and I took a trip to the Sierras and went fishing and camping. It was a great trip. And we came back and finished our senior year. And we remain friends until now. It's an interesting little story. When Bonnie met my wife Bonnie, when Guy met my wife Bonnie back there, Guy told her that he got his engineering degree from the University of Edlands and then worked at a company in Banning called Deutsch Engineering. Bonnie's father worked there. She said to Guy, did you know Milt Fisher? Oh yes, Milt. We'll never forget him. His desk was two desks down from mine. So Bonnie and Guy had a little connection because Guy worked as an engineer at Deutsch Engineering in Banning. Guy and I are also fraternity brothers. Notice, please, that I use the present tense. As Kappa Six, we are always brothers. Kappa Sigma Sigma was a fraternity at the University of Redlands. Bonnie and I visited Rebecca and Guy up here a couple times in Big Bear. Went to dinner once at least, I think. I know, yes. Um, and Bonnie and I have been up here since Wednesday. And we had planned this trip months ago, literally. And then when this news came, it put a little sadness on our trip, but also made us so very thankful that we did know Guy as long as we did. Guy, we love you, and we always will.
any more brave souls who would like to share? You know, there's got to be some funny ski accidents, some funny boating haps. Building the log home must have 6,000 square feet. So, so to, to relieve a little, sometimes we think all the stories have to be really nice and perfect and good. Some of the best stories are some of the funny and mishaps that happened in life as well. We're going to, oh, there it is. Okay. Thanks, Bob. They're going to get tired of seeing me because I'm going to not only do the obituary, but I'm going to do the benediction. So, um, first of all, um, go Kappa Sig. I was a Kappa Sig at Colorado College, and I thought I was going to go to the University of Redlands. So, but I'm a little older than you guys. Um, it was interesting, uh, as Carlton and I drove up here, we saw two different trucks, both of which had giant steel coils on them for steel fabricating. Had no idea that there would be a, a connection there, but you just sort of see how these things happen. And I'm showing Carlton picture, pictures where we're building a deck on our cabin in Mammoth. I had no idea that these guys had a, a Mammoth connection. So you just... I don't think these things are accidents. Okay. Um, I lived in Sherman Oaks, and Guy came to do a remodel on my bathroom and kitchen. And I remember that we were going to put a laundry area between the bathroom and the kitchen, and the guy came out from the city and saw how the pipes were and said, well, you can't do it because you can't get the pipes to, to work the right way here, okay? So I called up Guy, and I said, well, we want to do this. But the guy said, we can't do it. He said, let me take a look at it, OK? So Guy comes out, and he figures out how to do it. And I remember the inspector standing behind the house where he was looking at all the pipes. And he just was going, who did this, man? He says, this was impossible. There was no way to do this. And I'm checking every single pipe, and they all work. He says, I, I, I've never seen anybody tackle anything like this. So that's what Guy did. And then while he was at my house, he decided to pray a wife for me, which he did. And I realized that the reason that he paid, prayed the wife for me was because when I moved out, my wife lived in Malibu of all places, okay? And she had three kids, so it was a whole big deal. And we had to build a loft for the two boys that I had inherited through the, through the marriage. And um, I realized that the reason that Guy was, was uh, praying a wife for me was because he wanted to do another remodel. <laughs> and um, he did a magnificent job. Um, anyway, so he built a loft. And, and then the last thing I wanted to say is I think it's so appropriate. We don't have the picture up there of Guy, but I see him as... Guy had the Santa Claus spirit. He's in front of the Christmas tree. He, did you ever notice the twinkle in his eye, especially when it was something that couldn't be done? <laughs> you know, that's when Guy was like, something sort of went off in him, and he would go, can't be done? Like the pipes behind my house and so on? I mean, 
And when he built the loft for us, for our boys, I remember that the city said, this is too sophisticated for us to okay for the inspection. We have to have the architect come out here and take a look at this thing so that he can approve it because what Guy has done is outside of our league. Okay? <laughs> and so I talked to the architect on the phone. He said, take some pictures and send it to me. Okay? So I sent him the pictures, and he said, who did this for you? This thing's magnificent. He said, I want one row of nails in, put in here. I don't have to come out and see it. Just put in the nails, send me a picture. It's done. So Guy was operating on that other level, and I saw him do it for me not once, not twice with the remodels, but the third time with my wife. Amen. closing prayer, but I just wanted to share about this amazing man of God and this amazing family because this is a this is a really special family, the Weaver family. You guys are really, really special. You just kind of don't know how special you are. Your dad was amazing. Your grandfather was absolutely amazing. Um, we met and uh, in 1989, I was just getting out of seminary, and um, he became a member of a founding group that we started together called Two by Two. It was a men's group. So we would cry together, we would worship together, um, and he became part of our board for the church, for the first church that we planted. And the first church we planted was called The Dwelling Place in Lake View Terrace. And we, we, we bought, we didn't buy, but we leased a building and we had a contractor and we lost that contractor. And boy, did we find ourselves in a huge problem because we could not finish the church bill. And I was in my office literally bawling. I'm like, God, we're running out of time. We're running out of money. There's no way to finish this. And here comes Guy Weaver. He says, God told me to come here, and Pastor, I don't know how we're going to do it, but I'm going to do the drawings, and we're going to finish this building. And I'm telling you, your dad, your grandfather, literally by himself, finished a 6,000 square foot, almost 7,000 square foot build out by himself with little me walking around, staying out of his way. He was carrying plywood. I could just help. He would say, Pastor, watch the nail gun. Because I was, he was like, I was more in his way than anything else. He did that build out all by himself. All by himself. Never complained. Didn't charge us a penny. That's the kind of father and grandfather you had. That's the kind of man Guy Weaver was. He was the real deal. He wasn't talking about being Jesus. He was being Jesus as best he knew how. And um, 
um, I am absolutely privileged to be part of this family because he's my brother from another mother. And Rebecca, she knows she's my sister. And I will forever be indebted to this family. And you guys are pillars in God's church and in God's kingdom. When I saw Greg this morning, I was like, oh, my God, he's looking just like his dad. And you guys need to know that I spent many, many, many hours with, with your dad praying for you, praying for you, Greg, praying for Marcy, praying for you, Rebecca. He loved him some Rebecca. <laughs> <coughs> he loved that girl. Praying for Jamie, praying for Aaron, praying for, for Marie, praying for Nick and the grandkids. And <sighs> I know he probably didn't say a lot of this to you, but he left a trail of witnesses, and I'm one of them. And you are much loved. And so thank you so much. I am privileged to have shared his life. Thank you for allowing him to be in our lives. We're very much privileged, and God bless you guys. There's a slideshow that's been prepared, Nick, and we're going to watch that now. our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great. What are you turning to wine? Open the eyes of the blind. There's no darkness you shine out of the ashes we rise there's no one like you there's none like you our god is greater our god is stronger god you are higher than any other our god is healer awesome and power our God, our God. You're the name above all names, worthy of all praise. And my heart will sing how great. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? Stand again. Away. 
A release, even. No longer is Guy struggling against a terrible illness. You can see it sometimes in his eyes, his frustration with not thinking clearly and remembering. But today, instead, he's enjoying the freedom of a peaceful eternity. Guy's life on this earth ended too soon because the truth is we're never ready to say goodbye. How we wish we could say something that we neglected to say. How we wish we could keep him here just a little bit longer to have one or two more memories with him. But the Lord prepared a place for those who love him. It's the home that we were meant for as believers. And it's Guy's Weaver's home now. And it's perfect. It's freed from pain, all the pains of this life. I know that all of you have special memories that you'll always treasure. I also know that you have difficult memories that you have to try to reconcile. It's part of life, isn't it? There is no black and white. It's really a kind of a gray because nobody's all good and nobody's all bad. And so we have this difficulty even as we release Guy some of you, maybe some of the kids of tough memories. And I encourage you to go to the Lord with those and have him minister to them because he's the only one who can. And we will miss him. We'll miss that joy that he had and that friendliness. I believe he would want you to treasure the memories and also squeeze the most out of life that you possibly can. God gave us 
some great words of hope and comfort in his word. And I want to read a number of passages together in one reading, taken from different places in the scriptures, but I'm not going to list them. I'm just going to read through them. And it goes like this. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And both and God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. God will redeem my soul from the power of the get from the grave for he shall receive me for I know that my redeemer lives and he shall stand at last on the earth and after my skin is destroyed this I know in my flesh I will see God whom I shall see for myself my eyes shall behold and not another and how my heart yearns within me the dead will hear the voice of the son of God and those who hear it will live because Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also we should walk in the newness of life because our citizenship, it's in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform these lowly bodies that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Don't marvel at this, for the hour is coming which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who've done good to the resurrection of life and those who've done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Guy Weaver is just beginning his eternal life. His troubles are over now and one day ours will be too. I want to tell you this afternoon that there is so much more. There is so much more than this life, and Guy is now experiencing that. Life, eternal life, but, but not an eternal earthly life. A, a life that for some at, at times is wrought with hardship and heartache, <clears throat> sickness and sorrow. And, you know, eternity wouldn't be joyous if we experienced those things forever. There would be nothing to look forward to to hope for if that's what, we, what awaits us when we die is the same things that we experience here on earth. That wouldn't be heaven. That, my friends, would be hell. And that's what God would want you to know. In all of his humanness, his good and his imperfections, as he is now in eternity, he would want you to know that this life is not all there is. There is something beautiful, something amazing, something spectacular that awaits those who've trusted in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Put those who've trusted not in themselves, but in Christ. I didn't say that heaven, that eternity awaits those who've been perfect or even good. Heaven awaits those who've called on the name of the Lord Jesus. Those who believe in their hearts, confess with their mouth, who've confessed their sins and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The life of eternity for the believer will be grander than we could ever imagine. One of the songs that Guy really liked and we were playing it before and you'll hear it again is when we end is I can only imagine. I can only imagine. 
what it will be like when we walk by his side. I, I love to share one of my favorite Bible verses, and I have a lot of them at memorials and funerals. The prophet Isaiah wrote it, and, and Paul echoed it. It's 1 Corinthians 2.9. It says this. It says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. He's now at an eternal rest, living out a joy like none of us have ever experienced. As the Apostle John said in, in Revelation, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain, no more death. These things are all passed away. He is at peace. May we never forget the beautiful memories of this lovely man. The friend, the father, and grandfather that's touched our lives. May the Lord offer his tender compassion and comfort to you all today and always. I believe, this is not in my notes, when we fully see Jesus and know him, everything is revealed. Everything. I believe that we will understand the things that we did to hurt people on earth in an instant. And, and I believe, and I, I believe this is from the Lord, that, that the moment God met his maker, there was some things that he said, I wish I would have dealt with and I wish I would have said to my family and friends. I want you to receive a word for those who maybe felt hurt. You can't be in the presence of God and not be sorry for your missteps. You can't. Now here's what's another wonderful thing. I believe that because he's in eternity, the moment that happened, the next thing was all done. All done. All forgiven. All wiped away. All perfect. Because there's no sorrow and there's no pain. But I just feel led from the Lord to just share that with some of you today. Receive that word. I am sorry for the things I did, the things I didn't do, the things I said, and the things I didn't say that I should have. And know that he is forgiven. Receive that. I'm going to ask, I forget who, you're coming, Carlton, you're coming to pray. Yes. I didn't know if I was going to get up or not, but I just felt led. Um, I wrote it down because I'm probably going to cry. But thank you to everyone who shared. It means so much to hear all of your stories. Um, it really does. Uh, just to see how much guy touched all of your lives. because I didn't know many of those stories, so it just meant so much. 
to me, and I know our whole family how much it means to us. Um, yeah, I'm just very happy to have an impact on your life. Um, also, I know I don't think my dad's gonna get up because it's really hard, but I just want to say something for him that it was such a blessing to watch you love your dad just as your daughter till the very end how much you truly loved him. And as Rebecca said, although it's like things were hard, like you honored him every single day he was here, and I know you will continue to honor him. And as your daughter, just like setting that example to everyone was huge. So, and last thing I want to say, as many of you noticed, and kind of brought it up, but just someone where your mom died at a young age, and then your sister when um, we were in high school, and your dad, like many people, could just curse God and turn from him, and you have not. You just continue to pour into him and hold on to their moments and moments that were shared. We all truly hold on to um, those good times. So I love everyone. Thank you for bearing with me while I cried. But. Pastor Rob was saying, um, I'd like to, I just want the family to know that we serve a big, 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 big God. And the provision of forgiveness is so grand and so glorious. And like Pastor Rob was saying, we all will be here one day and we will all need the perfect love of God to cover our imperfections and we will all leave here with unfinished business unfinished words that we should have said the I love you's the whatever it is and I just uh, want you to know how loved you were by your father and your grandfather in spite of what, oh, excuse me. <laughs> that could be guy calling right now. <laughs> In spite of what you experience, that's what grace is about, Pastor Paul, Pastor Bob, that's what he was talking about. That's what grace is about. And so the memories that we have are memories that say the love of God makes it all good. It's all good. That's how big our God is. He makes it all good in the end. And so I want to close. If you would all just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment as we close this precious time. One thing I know Guy wanted more than anything, it was for people to know the Jesus that he knew, that he walked with, <coughs> albeit imperfectly, as we all have and as we all do. He would want you to know that, Jesus. And if you have not received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you don't know that he is the way, the truth, and the life to the Father, then just look up at me. This is the moment that you get to receive him and, and be with God, with our Daddy God, our Abba, our Father God. If you're 
that person, just look up at the up up, up at me. No one else is watching. No one else is looking. I just agree with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we are so privileged to be with you, with this special family. We're all here because of your child. And you said precious is the death of one of your saints. And Guy Weaver was one of your saints and is one of your saints. He is now seated, seating right with you with your son, Jesus Christ. He's in your presence. Every worry is gone. All the pain is gone. All the disappointment. Every imperfection, every flaw is all gone. And he is standing in the perfect love and light of our forever Father, forever Savior, forever Lord. Lord, I pray your comfort over this family because there's so many things we don't understand. But in spite of that, Make it all well with our soul. Make things right. I pray you would multiply the love that God deposited. And those good memories, Father, and those good times would so overwhelm any negative, anything negative, anything bad, any disappointment. I pray that the love that you have for him and the love that you have for us would overwhelm and overcome and cover all things. And Father, we're thankful for his life, for the friendship, for the kind words, and just most importantly, for his presence in our lives. For that, we give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you glory in Jesus' name. benediction which is what Guy prayed over his children and I even hear it in Hebrew um, and I just want to say that the beauty of grief is that it allows us the tears allow us to learn how to wash the grief with gratitude depth of your grief is always that hole got dug by the gratitude that you have for the person that's where the sense of loss comes from don't stop the grief it's necessary it's essential go through it but let those tears be washing that grief with gratitude and let your mourning let that sorrow be turned to joy for knowing the life of Guy Weaver. Amen? You would just bow your heads.
going to dismiss. There's food in the hallway. I heard the thunder and the lightning, which means we may not be eating outside. But there's another room inside. There should be enough space to find a place, um, space for lunch and the fellowship. And as we go, we're going to be uh, listening to one other song and stay and listen or just go ahead and be dismissed. But um, we're going we're gonna to be hearing It Is Well in my soul because with him, it is well. It is well. With God bless you again. Thank you so much for coming. And uh, let's enjoy the fellowship and time together. Keep telling those stories. <coughs>